This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with music photographer Shane J. Horan.
alone with colors ahead of their debut live excursion at the poor relation on april 17th tickets on sale now via the circle.com website and app and just after them was anna mika with new single arbor 
This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie. My name is Mike McGrath-Brian, and this week we're talking with music photographer and man about town, Shane J. Horan. Shane, how's it going, boy? I'm good, Mike. How's yourself? Grand now. You're handling photography for Overblown and Golden Pleck, a whole, a whole bunch of others. How are you finding that? Um, really good. Uh, it's actually really, really easy to work with both Overblown and Golden Pleck, which kind of gives you a lot of confidence when they they kind of let you off. You know, they let you run and do what you want to do and photograph what you want to do. And they keep a, both magazines or webzines are very good at keeping open communication so you can shoot ideas to them they can shoot ideas back to you and it, it's a real simple way of working and it kind of gives you a lot of independence to run around and shoot who you're interested in but also then shoot who's might be uh, trendy as well you know that they, they mightn't catch your interest but you know they're catching someone's interest so I, I really enjoy it <laughs> Shane is one of the preeminent photographers in Cork's music scene uh, and we'll get back a little bit to your work with the blogs like Golden Pleck, like Overblown, as well as local promoters. But let's kind of dial it back a couple of years for you. Way back. <laughs> uh, don't be making us feel all that way now. Um, your talents and your involvement in music go, obviously, before you were involved in the Cork music scene. All the way back to the limerick of the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, way back to... You know, it would be 11, 12 years, maybe when I ran my first gig. Um, I wouldn't have had a proper promotion label or establishment, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So my very first gig was called Blah, 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 Blah Promotions. Because (laughs) when we were doing the posters, someone said, you better make up a promotion name, you know, like Blah, 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 Blah Promotions. And we went, yeah, that'll do. And just just (laughs) took it and ran. And the very first, I, I suppose this kind of says a lot about where I ended up going with it the very first thing I ran was a two day gig so (laughs) loads of rock bands the first day loads of metal bands the second day but um, obviously aside from your dealings with booking gigs as well which we'll get into a little bit um, your talents lie in photography and art and aesthetic how did you get involved in music in the first place obviously everybody has music fandom but what led you to taking a hands-on approach to running gigs and taking care of gigs i think and it it kind of it stems all the way through my photography as well or my ethos with my photography and my ethos with everything is it's about the community it's about there's musicians out there who are amazing musicians or they're, they're human beings wanting to write songs and get across their emotions and their feelings or a funny look at things or just humour and entertainers and it was kind of a lot of them were very good musicians or very good at doing what they did but couldn't book a gig couldn't run a night didn't understand how to be that level didn't understand how to put that level of organisation in or also for some of them if they're spending so much time to organise their band they don't necessarily have the same energy to go and organise a full gig it's a lot of hassle so I just became that person you know, I saw how to put things together, I saw how to organise things. A lot of my mates were in bands and musicians, so it was very easy once you had one or two of them on a bill, you know, grabbing in the third person, and after doing a couple of gigs, your name got out there, a bit of confidence got out there, and people just kind of put their fate in you to run a gig after that. Obviously, after your time with smaller spaces in Limerick City, you stumbled onto uh, the much-missed and very city-central Baker Place in Limerick, which was... Um, 
which was really uh, a hotspot for alternative and independent music in that city and for the greater Munster region. Yeah, it became a flagship of sorts for Munster. That kind of it was one of the venues to play. Um, it was a great venue. It was kind of one of those moments as well where it just had a lot of the right people in the right place. You know, there was great bar staff, amazing sound engineers. Uh, there was good bands floating around. There was people willing to go and see bands, people interested in putting on gigs. Uh, a lot of Cork bands always came up to play Bakers. Um, there was also a very good DJ and kind of, I'll just make it very broad, a very vinyl-based music <laughs> going around as well that used to take up the underground in Bakers. So, you know, it was lo- there was a lot of music heads from a lot of different genres all crossing paths there. So it really helped for everyone, you know. And obviously in there, um, being the stock metalhead, um, <laughs> you had a you had a role in setting up what are now arguably Limerick's flagship metal promoters. Uh, bad reputation. I would say Ireland's flagship metal promoters. I'll just, I'll just drop it in there for the lads, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree. Cool. Um, yeah, the bad, being a founding member of Bad Reputation Ireland, um, I would be a ghost to practically dead member now. I, I would have nothing at all to do with them other than helping out at the siege in the, the taking photos and running up and down to take gigs every now and again. Uh, Bad Rep actually was inspired by a cork band. What what kicked it all off? Actually, it was two cork bands on uh, day days and night. Oh yeah, w- which have disbanded into other bands. Liam and Hughes and the lads. Exactly that. And uh, Five Will Die. Uh, it was uh, watching both of those bands play with Shardborn one night to an empty room. Basically, inspired the whole idea that this needs to be done better. You know, these bands were amazing, amazing bands that need, you know, even if you weren't interested in what they were playing, the performances they bands would put on was enough to make you go, yeah, more people should see this. And that kind of kicked off the whole thing. It boggles the mind to think of an empty room when you think of Five Will Die or Shardborn. Yeah, it was a, not to get into full details of it, but it was a badly promoted slash, like, and not, not necessarily on the promoter's fault either, but, you know, it was one of these kind of, bank holiday Sunday scenarios that isn't necessarily a safe bet for putting on a gig and it's fortuitous that Five Will Die obviously had something to do with that because as we'll get into a little later on Five Will Die will cross your paths again yeah can't get away from them but um, in between here and there uh, you took your leave of Limerick the same way a lot of people would have um, to pursue opportunities elsewhere and in your case you headed off to Korea what was the what was the balance like for you? What what kind of tipped the decision to kind of head away from Limerick for you to do things? I was done. I had overdone. I'd overspent myself to the the point of oblivion. That kind of a. Uh, uh, I know a lot of people talk about mental health in the sense of depression and anxiety, but I think my brain was actually fried. I couldn't couldn't kind of remember the end of the week by the time I got to it. I had taken or I'd been handed Baker Place. Um, more or less the same time as the word recession hit all the newspapers and dragged it through a lot of that fairly successfully creating such things like you know you know we had many event nights we got a really big student night at the time uh, onto bad rep with the two lads tall john and kieran and kind of the start of the siege and a lot of that stuff you know just took its toll kind of i didn't 
I didn't have a good balance between work and sleep. <laughs> it was a bottom line. Uh, so you went to the one country in the world where sleep is absolutely not a thing, South well, Korea. I, I just went as far away as I possibly could. I was also helped that a, a mate of mine was getting married over there, so it kind of became a destination uh. that like, oh, I'll go here. There's, there's a mate getting married. I'll go. It was almost a case of going over for the wedding and yet somehow staying there for the best part of three years. We'll pick up the conversation about coming back to Ireland and setting down roots in the Cork scene momentarily. Shane, you've chosen to not discuss the songs that you have chosen for tonight's playlist. Is there any reasoning behind yeah, not talking about it? I'm, I kind of let the band speak for themselves. The way I kind of view music, you either like it or you don't. You know, that kind of thing that I'm not going to... There's nothing I'm going to say right now that would convince you more than listening to them. With that in mind, let's dig straight into it. Uh, Cork Alt Metalers, The Magnapina with Uniform, and Hardcore Boys, Baylor with Death as a Reminder, featuring Kevin Lefty Letford here on Red on Red.
a reminder here on Red on Red we're joined in studio by Shane J. Horan photographer music facilitator aesthetic man about town and we kind of pick back up where we left off in your story 
you come back from Korea and you find yourself in Cork. What was the decision to come back from an extended period of work in Korea and then wind yourself back out here instead of picking up where you left off back home in Nimrock? Um, kind of a number of factors. One, I had done my time in Limerick and just wanted to see something new, wanted to live in a different part of Ireland for a bit. And another factor was I wanted to kind of change up my actual kind of, well, I'll actually make money, hopefully, career path and do counselling and psychotherapy. And it was after some time away that I kind of had come to this conclusion that I would like, oh, this is what I want to do now for the next 10 years of my life. Where can I do it? I can do it in Cork. To Cork it is. Yeah, and it's an interesting field to go into. Like, I think a lot of people are very interested in it and there's very few halfway points or kind of hobbyist points, if you get me. Pop psych. Yeah. And I think even... I feel you probably have enough pop psych before you... You know, when you're interested enough to want to start it, you already probably have the pop psych. But obviously your adventures in psychology brought you back to Cork and your path happened across Five Will Die again. Once again, always. Uh, and, and always happy to have it. Ended up grouping in with two of the members of Five Will Die who were still going at that time uh, to start Pyre promotions. And this was kind of... From what I could see in the Cork scene, there was a bit of a gap or a bit of a, a want for someone to come in and promote gigs. But I also know it was also what I wanted to do. I also want, I wanted to start off something. I wanted to create something again. And it's kind of a very easy safety net to go back into what you know. So mm. it was to start up that again. By the time you came in, Cork's metal scene is returning from somewhat of a, an extended lull owing to you know, various external factors, promoters moving on, venues closing, the recession happening. And, you know, this was three years ago, four years ago. Ireland is very much in the grip of economic trouble and depression. What kind of risk was it for you to go in again on facilitating music and organising music? So in a way, there was no risk. I very rarely make a financial guarantee to anyone. You know, I'm about... It's very much a community effort that I'm going to put on a gig with the people I'm putting on the gig with. We were going to take care of the poster design, have the posters printed, run them around town. We'll make sure there's a sound engineer there. We'll make sure there's a venue for you to play in. We'll make sure, you know, someone's there to help you or, or greet you at least when you get off or out of, when you finish your journey to get as far as Cork, wherever you're coming from. You know, we'll arrange the, sa- the stage times, the communication. If there's got to be a merch table set up, we'll get all that for you. And it's very much like we'll do our part, you do your part. It's not really any of us going to come out of it a millionaire anyway. So let's just kind of almost leave that to the side and work with like I'm a human being you're a human being let's do what we both want to do here which is incredibly artist friendly and which is why that's kind of served as the basis of a lot of music in the city for the last while but coming into a new town five will die connections aside how did you go about establishing relationships with people on the music scene in Cork I would say a lot of it was true overblown in the beginning overblown.co.uk overblown.co.uk so I think I think that kicked off a lot of things um, I had a friend living down here uh, she had connections to overblown 
then I had connections to Overblown. And that kind of we, myself and Jamie, were able to bounce a lot of ideas off each other. And then Jamie was making connections, which in turn meant, meant I was making connections. And then when I was making connections, it meant that Jamie was making connections. So there was a lot of over and backing like this. Plus, a few people or people to a certain extent remembered me from the Baker Place days, from the Bad Rep days, that they kind of had trust in me. It wasn't like I was kind of coming, it was, I was coming with a certain level of reputation that people were able to put their trust into. And after that, once with a couple of pyre gigs under the belt, people saw the standard we were putting out and what we were willing to do and how approachable we were and how professional we were taking things. And it became very easy for people to go, yeah, we want some of this or we'll get in with this crowd. From there, obviously, you've developed a lot of relationships with different promoters, uh, working in-house on them with their aesthetic. And we'll get into that in a wee while. But before we kind of get into any of the interpersonal stuff, Cork has a lot of varied gig venues. Cork has a lot of different rooms with a lot of different things working for and against them in terms of how they get filled up, in terms of lighting, in terms of their situation regarding windows, regarding other external factors. Being a photographer is an underappreciated reality for a lot of music fans. A lot of music fans are, you know, they love to go see pics on Facebook of the gigs they've been to the previous night, just like the generation before them used to love picking up a magazine and seeing the photos of the gigs that they were at or the live photos that accompany an interview with a band. But it's not necessarily something that a lot of casual music fans would think about. Maybe get into the reality of snapping bands on stage, getting that perfect action shot, uh, angling, lighting, the whole shebang. Um, first off, I find people are very respectful. They, to a general extent, when you're carrying the camera with you and you, you make some sort of uh, body language gesture that you wish to get past them or wish to stand more or less where they're standing, they're extremely accommodating. And it, it's great. It's a great culture to be in for gigs because they realize that you're you're going to be there for a little bit. You're just going to take a few photos and you're going to get out of their way and let them enjoy the gig from that point on and I think to a certain extent almost to contradict you I think they as the audience member see the importance of the photo as you're going to take it they see the importance of you working to take that photo um, but there can be difficulties in lighting uh, you know, certain venues particularly dark or have black spots in areas of the venue or certain venues depending on, on the setup the audience or not the audience the artist is further away from the front of the stage than you'd wish but at the same time you just kind of have to work with it can you maybe give us an example uh, I wouldn't want to name names of places but okay. I would say so I did a lot of work with Cosmonaut when they were running the So Far Sounds gigs and this was in everywhere and anywhere, any sort of like, you know, from people's kitchen to, you know, you know, shops that almost turned into real venues, you know, this kind of look. And it was very important to turn up beforehand to get the lighting, particularly so. And it, it would almost be a conversation that you'd love to have with a venue. You know, if there were if people were starting a venue or if venues already exist, to explain to them how important lighting is, and not just as a photographer, but I think as the punter, you know, to make sure that things are lit aesthetically, and that a lot of focus is put on that each member of the band is lit up. Um, I would also, oh, and any any of the uh, 
the engineers that I talk with a bit or any of the promoters I deal with a bit will understand I hate mic stands. I have no problem with a mic stand in use. I have no problem with somebody using a mic stand to sing their song and do their bit. But if you are not using that mic stand, get it out of the way. Just it it just bugs me a lot. Gets in your shot, gets wrap, gets cables wrapped around it and thrown to the floor. Yeah, it just if you're not using it, get rid of it. I, I don't know. It's just constantly you like you you be in a position. You're like this will be the best shot of this person doing their thing, but it has this big black mic stand, just causing a dividing line right to the photo, and there's nothing you can do about it. Wrecking your composure. Wrecking. Wreck. Yeah. Exactly that. Speaking of songs that will wreck your composure, we got two more coming up from Shane's playlist. Cork-based singer-songwriter Cara Kirsch with I Just Fly and Sarah Beth with Lover Lust here on Red on Red. That lies me. 
between the two I am not living at the minute I am just living life a fool Anything is better than truths howl in the dark So I stick to shiny skies Hiding truth's harsh bark And I just See you around, see you with your crew And get that five that you've opened your door So
to be love lost, there's no rush. Love lost, there's no rush. Let it be love lost, there's no rush. Tell me your name and tell me your story. I don't care where you're from or your form of glory. Love lost, there's no rush. But I like it here and I like it touch. Let it be love lost, there's no rush. I'll take all of you. Sarah Beth with Lover Lost here on Red on Red as chosen by our guest this week, Shane J. Horan, photographer, facilitator, man about town. And speaking of getting about town, you know, aside from your work as a photographer for various blogs, which we'll get into in a bit more detail in a moment, you're also very much on hand to assist local promoters and other promoters. Uh, Pyre obviously have moved on a little bit now, especially with Baylor's success taking them uh, out Farden. Farden. But you work a lot with Cosmonaut, uh, Cormac Daly, as well as Subtle Beast, Con Doyle and his crew of people, as well as charity work for the likes of the Samaritans. Um, I suppose go into your role a little bit and how you advise local artists, local promoters, etc. with art, with photography and with general design. Um, I think as well, I've got a very honest approach that I'll, I'll tell you what I think and what's my opinion and it's stemming out of I think 500-ish gigs I've ran myself and then an art degree and then I I couldn't even begin to guess how many gigs I've attended so when I approach people and approach bands it's not I'm, I'm just handing over my opinion I'm like here have a listen to this or this is what I think would work for you or even I just sometimes question to be like, why did you do this? Because I think the aesthetics, like I would, I would have an understanding of music, but I would have no understanding on the creation of music. If you get me, I would be like, yeah, it sounds good. I enjoyed it. Was that ever something that would, uh, was that ever something that would tempt you? No. Um, in early in my teens, at one point, I kind of thought about getting a drum kit. But I figured the time I'd spend practicing drums would be time I wouldn't spend doing art and art one over. It, there's a lesson there in listening to your gut. <laughs> yeah, basically. Let's hope. <laughs> Aside from that, you do a lot of music photojournalism, of course. Uh, yourself and Mr. Coffee uh, from goldenpleck.com have been covering a whole bunch of different things in the Cork music scene for the last number of months and you also do a lot of work with as stated overblown.co.uk a fine blog that despite its URL is actually run out of Grange County Cork what goes into facilitating a photo desk for a music publication and what changes have occurred in the transition from print to digital in that Obviously, you know, Limerick had its own magazine in the time that ran for a couple of issues, Crude. You might have seen a lot of stuff kind of appear on there. Yeah, and the work of Shane Serrano in Crude is, and his continual work, is always something I reflect on or look at what he's doing. Um, Both out of admiration and, you know, to a certain extent out of inspiration as well to see how he's done something or what way he's gone about doing something it's very interesting 
to see to know what a venue or a place looks like but then to see how it looks like when it's photographed and a lot of you know I would recommend um, Kieran Frost and Breed O'Donovan as well looking at a lot of their work to see where all that goes and to be like okay I see how you photographed that band and I see how I photographed that band and it's not even a case of trying to uh, you'd never look to replicate them you just you know you have this interest of like how someone else sees something and I'm forever inspired by Jason Lee's work it constantly it's just like another world not to pull out a photography pun here but from your perspective uh, the Cork scene is in very rude health you know you've played a part in it you've seen it happen in front of you what's your take on the scene in Cork at present across genres my take on the scene and present across all genres is that everyone can do a bit more everyone can push a little harder dig a little deeper for inspiration uh, risk risk is a very big thing I think especially if you know you're going to be playing Cork maybe two or three times in the next coming months risk something you know, like come off that stage get into the crowd ask some other artists to come up and to sing with you um, I think everyone was really blown away when Elaine Malone played with Horse for that one song on the Cosmonaut birthday I think it just caught everyone's attention if they were into it or not is their own thing but everyone stopped and paid attention to it um, when Rare Faction got up on stage as well everyone took a pausing moment to be like wait where's this guy's band you know it's, there's only two guys on stage and there's no band here and I'd say he was a song and a half in and everyone's like, yeah, we're on board with this. Let's dance. Let's listen to this. And it's it's that kind of risk taking that like, yeah, let's mix it up. Let's cross genres. Let, you know, musicians cross over and just it's constant this risk, this going out there. I think, and I know we've played them already, but the Magnapina are on the push to do that. They're going to be taking all the risks. They're going to be pushing themselves further and further and further into it. And this is what I think this is what needs to be done I mean it's very easy for me to sit here and say that oh yeah you should go out and do this but since you asked heading back to some bands that have no fear of taking risks as chosen by Shane J. Horan for this week's playlist we have God Alone with She Was The Sea and Soothsayer of Locusts and Moths here on Red On Red <laughs>
Soothsayer with Of Locus and Moths here on Red on Red. Shane, before we head away, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything that you want to kind of get mentioning of before we take no, off? No, but I'd very simply say just get out there and get to gigs. Or if you're a band, get out there and create gigs. It's it's as simple as that. Do it, do it for yourself. Do it for your own personal development, personal story. Getting out there doing what, what you need to do. I mean, sitting at home with ideas, you're going to stay sitting at home tomorrow, you know? And I think you'll learn, you learn more by failing. I mean, I've got more deleted photographs than I have photographs that I show people. You know, you, you'll, cre- you'll learn more from making all those mistakes and doing than you will from sitting at home on your couch dreaming about it. Shane, thanks a million for coming along. It's been a pleasure, Mike. That's all from this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thank you very much for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, share us on your social media, and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming show. If you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure and listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish here on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. We leave you with a bit of speculative fiction. This is Rattlesnake featuring Joan and DK, and we'll talk to you next week. Should have bunk a taxi, can't scoot off with the flux capacitor. Self-loathing puppet master, tugging our strings to his own disaster. Marionettes are left tangled, I'd be better off as a lonely dancer in a slump, even though I can't understand it. Anxious panic like lungs are collapsing, I just want to quit and chop my angers to the wind. Till the cyclone passes, the mind is a region designed to sow season. So you want to stay mindful of the harvest you're reaping, tarnishing achievements, the arsenal's depleted. Courage up and leaves you like the girl from Ipanema. From the incubator to the fibrillator Every filthy crater's on the brink of failure But you can tip the scale till it's in your favour Are you fit to play? Is it in your nature? Will you wilt away and let the illness take you? There is no false destiny There's just choice essentially Rap shit's not attractive or practical to my family A fantasy
see is what they see in fairy tales and fallacies. When all is said and done, they all talked and got nothing done. When all is said and done, should have turned the new page. When all is said and done. This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This is still recording. <laughs> um, hello and welcome to the blooper reel. Um, you have probably tuned out of the podcast by now if you're listening uh, at work, etc. But uh, myself and Shane have realised that we've forgotten two very important individuals for the Cork music scene. Yeah, two people that I'm also inspired by are the Irish Metal Archive run by John, which is a constant project. Like he just keeps archiving what's going on in the Irish metal scene and he keeps going back through it and it's completely independently run. Like it's, I'd say it's a hobby, but it consumes more time than he, it consumes more of his time than a hobby should. But it's great for everyone. Like there should be someone doing this for the punk scene, someone doing this for the indie scene, someone doing this for the rock scene, just a full, extensive, accessible archive. And we also have a debt of gratitude to pay to Adrian Beacom, yes. otherwise known as uh, Mr. Space, Space Pig. Again, it's just one guy going out, you know, one guy with his camera going to gigs, recording them. Not looking to make a brand out of it, not looking to make a money out of it, just recording bands so they have content to put online. And, you know, even when you try and get that man to go into a gig for free, he'll still pay you. It's it's very like he'll still just support the scene. He has his morals, his ethics, his code, and that's what he's doing. And I'd say even if he if he, even if he didn't speak the language, he'd still be doing it. This know? has been the blooper reel by these two men. A point when you see him at a metal show, Red FM one hundred four to one hundred six. <laughs>